2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This
3: is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: The Greg Peterson experience on vcin the Sports Bank Network we've got three absolutely tremendous hours coming up for you as you need to get you set for what is going to be a tremendous Thursday in college basketball 60 games in total you don't have a lot of ranked teams but as I like to say it's one of those days in which you might not have a lot of sizzle but you've got a whole lot of steak and these are some of the days that I like the most so we're going to be diving a lot into college basketball tonight no doubt about it. We've got to get you guys set for the AFC and NFC title game. And on top of that, we did see a nice coaching hiring out there in the M- NFL on Wednesday. So we're going to be recapping what we saw with Jim Harbaugh heading on over to the Chargers, which personally, I thought that that was one of the more predictable moves that we were going to get. So I don't think that that changes too much and a little bit more surprised that looking at you, the NFC, he said, we're seeing fewer coaching vacancies and we were thinking there, but certainly gonna be diving in there. We're gonna be having a trio of great guests along the way as well as we're really gonna be going hot and heavy with college basketball in our number two. When one of our good friends, Rob Donaldson, is gonna join me. He does a great job with the Rob's best Bets show. I know that he does a tremendous job taking a look at the NFL as well. So we're gonna get you guys some NFL picks with him. We're gonna be taking a look at college basketball as well and Going to do a lot of that in our number one as well. In 15 minutes, Anthony Debundo. He does great work over at Action Network. He's going to join me, and I know that he's a man that does a great job taking a look at the Pac-12 landscape. Need to get his thoughts with Gonzaga now taking the floor at home for the first time unranked and seemingly an eon. So, we're going to be looking at those games. We're going to be looking at the NFC, AFC Title games as well. And then and our number three is where we're really going potpourri because we love to focus on college basketball. Well, I love to focus on college basketball. I love to focus on the NFL as well. But there's a lot of NBA that's going on. There's a lot of NHL that's going on. You've got the action down under going on as well. And Scott Rice Shelly, he's a man that does a little bit of everything. We gotta get you guys a little bit of tennis. We've got to give you guys a little bit of NHL, NBA. So Those sports, they are going to be served up in our number three, so that is going to be a lot of fun, and it is a lot of fun to take a look at the coaching carousel as well in the NFL, because personally, I think it's the most loaded field of coaches that we've ever seen, and this was a move that I don't think it really changes the tenor too much of what we're going to be seeing in the coaching landscape, because we were hearing rumblings about this. Heck, I was surprised that this move didn't happen last week. Jim Harbaugh is going to be leaving Michigan. He is going to be accepting the coaching job of the Los Angeles Chargers and for the LA Chargers. Congratulations, you are no longer coached by a buffoon. So that's tremendous. This is, in my opinion, just a home run move on all fronts. Jim Harbaugh has accomplished all that he can accomplish in college football. Despite the fact that it was a tumultuous season, he brought a national title back to his old stomping grounds of Michigan. Certainly Michigan would have been willing to dole out a whole bunch of money to him, but to be able to go back to the NFL and do the one thing that he hasn't been able to do, win a Super Bowl, you figure that this was going to be a focus of him. And with Jim Harbaugh, as we know, he used to be a quarterback in the NFL. I believe that he was with the Chargers organization as well. So very good ties. And, now he gets to coach up one of the best in the nfl in justin herbert and with justin herbert this guy has all the physical tools to be that next great quarterback he just hasn't been able to put it together and this is what we always lose sight of when we make these rankings of these top players when it comes to, oh this guy needs to be a top tier quarterback which obviously patrick Mahomes right now is that i feel like anyone that is trying to argue that there's a quarterback above Patrick Mahomes right now. It's a defeatist effort. He is right now the number one guy until further notice. That said, when you get outside of number one, that's where the debates really begin. And what we lose sight of with a lot of these guys is you take a look and you say, oh, Josh Allen has yet to be able to win the big game. And certainly that's a big knock on him. You take a look at someone like a Dak Prescott. Unchecked on his boxes, and MVP and or a Super Bowl. We're able to take a look at Brock Purdy, and perhaps he has a chance to be able to win a Super Bowl, but certainly doesn't have the physical attributes of someone like a Justin Herbert, what have you. We're able to take a look at that, but it's all about what do you have around you. And with Justin Herbert, it's been a little bit rocky for him the last few seasons because he's had a coach that really has not helped out his college whatsoever. I mean, Brandon Staley was supposed to be a defensive-minded guy, and he didn't even do a good job with the defense we saw this team just completely quit out here in lovely las vegas about two months ago that told you all that you needed to know about how bad it was with the la chargers and for the la chargers this is coming perhaps a year too late because they could have been in on the champagne sweepstakes we think now you never know what happens behind the scenes but you have to figure that there was a chance that they'd be able to do so but now they finally have the pieces in motion and i do feel like there were a lot of teams this offseason that could have learned from the shall we say follies of these la chargers like a lot of teams it feels like they're going to be holding on to a coach this year and when they do eventually can that coach it's going to be one year too late i'm looking at you the philadelphia eagles who apparently they decided you know what we need to can the offensive coordinator because that's the way we're going to be going about things and with the philadelphia eagles going to be very very interesting to see what happens there and clearly nick sirianni got exposed with both of his coordinators taking head coaching jobs in the previous off seasons and both of those hires actually looked like they're panning out quite well with the indianapolis colts they were one of the bigger upstart teams in all the nfl and they actually did what i was saying prior to the season i thought that gardner Minshew gave them a better chance to be able to win rather than anthony richardson and lo and behold when gardner Minshew got in there they looked like a pretty solid team with the arizona cardinals we all thought that this team was going to tank and the record wasn't tremendous but at the very least the guys were fighting And that's all that you could ask out of that Arizona Cardinals team because they came into that season absolutely outgunned. But now you've got a Philadelphia Eagles team that's on the fritz. We don't know what's happening there. And then with the Dallas Cowboys out there in that same division, the fact that they're holding on to Mike McCarthy being someone that my childhood was full of teams that were coached by Mike McCarthy of the Green Bay Packers being 45 minutes away from Green Bay. I know exactly how this is going to go As, I mean, for Mike McCarthy. He's a solid coach of being able to help you build up. Like if you put Mike McCarthy right now on the Washington Commanders, the uh, Carolina Panthers, one of these teams that they just need a little bit of stability. They need to build themselves up. Mike McCarthy is a good hire. He's a, he's a guy that knows football. At the same time mike mccarthy is not that guy that i think is going to take you to the promised land unlike perhaps jim harbaugh he's already been to a super bowl i think that he's fully capable of doing so with the chargers if they play their cards right you've also got to compete with a lot of teams out there in the division with the chiefs making six straight afc title games so that's going to be very difficult to say the least but the potential is there you've got obviously bill bell check this out there and what i find very intriguing as well why haven't we heard much about Mike Bravil to this point? As we are taking a look at the coaching carousel in the NFL right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa The Sports Bay Network, because I mean, with everything that happened here in the offseason, with regards to coaching hirings and firings, in my opinion, the most surprising one was ha- what happened with the uh, Tennessee Titans. They hired Callan about 24 hours ago, but I mean, it felt like the Tennessee Titans decided to move on to Mike from Mike Bravil because of sort of like cultural indifferences in terms of the way that the culture in the team should be set up just philosophy in general it was just very very strange to say the least because mike vrabel if he's not a top five coach he's probably number six because he is a really really good coach that knows what the heck he is doing it was a down year this year but i mean it was really up against it with the way that management has not been doing the world's greatest job of being able to pick these guys what have you and I just take a look at Mike Frabel and the fact that we haven't heard much about him, to me just seems to be a little bit befuddling, so we're going to need to take a look to see what happens there, but right now in terms of coaching carousel, it's not really a big shocker, the domino that I'm waiting to see falls, what the Washington Commanders do, because it does feel like with the Atlanta Falcons, they are trending more towards Bill Belichick, and I do think that that would be a, a good landing spot for him, despite the fact that he doesn't have quite that quarterback that I know that he would absolutely love to have, but with arthur blank a owner like that he can always go out there make some sort of trade question is who is he going to be trading for but i do think that with the atlanta falcons they're certainly going to be able to upgrade that spot i don't think that if they would bring on bill belichick maybe riding with taylor heineke and or desmond ritter and even if bill belichick has that i think they would be able to do a little bit more with them than what he was able to do in new england because heck. Even keep in mind, Mac Jones, he was a big, giant flopper Rooney the last few years. You're Year number two. He actually got quite a bit out of him. So I do think that that's very fascinating, but I mean I really am waiting to see what happens with Washington. That's really going to tell us where this coaching carousel is going to be happening moving forward. And speaking of Washington, for anyone that is in on the DK network right of Washington versus Colorado, if you're listening live, let's hope for a good second half there. We're off to a good start on that front end with regards to college basketball we did see a really interesting night as well it's been a case where we've been seeing a lot of home underdogs not getting the job done recently in college basketball and has been very strange like in college basketball typically this is a time of year where unders start to take hold and typically you start to see these home underdogs be able to rise up and being able to bark but we are seeing these short favorites starting to come through like when you have the old ranked team that goes on the road against the unranked home team and the unranked home team is favored that's always something that you do want to be taking a look at And we saw quite a few of those coming through and i do think that it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the sec is going to be playing out as well because it, coming into the week i was very impressed by three teams out there in the sec tennessee auburn along with kentucky in the last two nights we've seen two of these two teams go down and for auburn a relatively spirited second half By them but it was just a case where it was a little bit too little too late from an Alabama team that if you look metric wise they might be one of the most misleading teams in all of college basketball by that You take a look at the actual like AP poll rankings and everything like that. They're very far down there. They've lost quite a few games, but they played an absolute gauntlet of a hat and a half of a schedule. And those are the teams that in my opinion, you do want to be focusing on. You want to focus on these teams that maybe they've dropped a few games early, but they challenge themselves. Michigan state, always a very good example. Tom Izzo never shies away from a challenge. Meanwhile, for Duke, congratulations. He paid it, played an SEC team on the road for the first time in 30 years. They're beginning to challenge themselves a little bit as well, but I do think that there is something to these teams that they played a very tough schedule out of conference, being able to rise up this time of year. And a man that always rises this time of year is Anthony DeBundo. He does absolutely tremendous work over at Action Network. Coming up next, we're talking with him about the NFC and the AFC title games right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: If you have not already, check out the all-new VSN.com because on VSN.com we've got the biggest stories in all of sports from a betting angle. It's got a fresh new look. It's got enhanced navigation. So for those looking for my daily handicap lines every single day, it's under the Tools section. It's much easier to find now than it was before it's mobile first as well so those trying to watch watch slash get everything on your smartphone you're able to do so much easier on the all new visa.com as we're back here on the greg peterson experience on visa the sports bank network great to be joined by this man anthony Debundo. he does tremendous work over at action network taking a look at the game that we all know and love of the nfl and also does a tremendous job on the college basketball front end we're going to be talking both tonight with you anthony and it's always appreciated thank you
5: Thank, oh. Thanks for having me. Three three football games left to talk about this year, which is a little sad, but the three most important, so it's pretty exciting as well.
4: It is always good to be able to get in on these games, and you do get more offerings with these games, so while we've got fewer games, you do have more ways to be able to bet them. You're able to take a look at a lot of like future casting for the Super Bowl, what have you, and first things first, before we dive in on these two games... Is there anything that you do take a look at in terms of the added menu options that perhaps you're going to be looking to bet or is it relatively business as usual this week for you in the NFL?
5: Yeah, so uh, I did bet a hypothetical already. Uh, I took some Baltimore, San Francisco over 47 and a half. If that's the Super Bowl, I've got action on it already with the over. I think it's a little low. If you look back at you know the game on Christmas, it closed in Santa Clara at 47 and a half. Box score suggests there could have been 50 plus points. We ended up getting to 52. There were three red zone slash plus territory turnovers for San Francisco in that game. They still averaged over six yards per play. Baltimore moved, moved the ball at will, uh, so I, I think the overs is short there, especially as you move to you know a dome in uh, in Vegas. So uh, I think it's a little short. That's the one hypothetical I played, uh, and otherwise not a ton going on for me. I, I do think that uh, you know some of the other lines, like I think Baltimore would be a little bit short as a dog to san francisco i think it should be like a true pick but uh, you know the line's like one and a half you're not getting a huge edge there so uh nothing else for me on the super bowl yet but i'm sure as we get into it next week we'll uh we'll have more once we know the matchup
4: oh absolutely and i do think that it's going to be a really interesting matchup to see what we get on sunday between those ravens and the Chiefs. As this has been a number that has been hovering between three and a half and four a lot of the vegas books They have been able to move to a four. We're noticing a lot of the East Coast books. They're sitting on a three and a half with this matchup. Total on this game, it is 44 and a half between Chiefs and Ravens. And how do you take a look at this matchup? Because when it comes to the Chiefs, they've got that experience factor. And it's just hard for me to lay north of three points against Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, the Ravens, I do feel like, just has a better overall roster. And they've been the more consistent team all season long.
5: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like three weeks ago, everybody wrote the Chiefs off for dead. And now everybody's all in on the Chiefs saying, oh, you must bet them as an underdog. How can you not bet them? Uh, Look, I was big on the Chiefs in the first two rounds of the playoffs. I liked the matchup, the spot. They had significant rest advantages in both games, right? They had the bye week. And then Miami, you know, had short week, travel, cold, and all those injuries. And then this week, Buffalo, two fewer days of rest, all their defensive injuries. Diggs was not healthy. Uh, no Gabe Davis. So I think it really mattered, right? Like Buffalo didn't hit an explosive play. Their defense really looked pretty shot by the end of the game. But that's no longer going to be in Kansas City's advantage anymore. And, you know, if last week closed two and a half, Buffalo, Kansas City in Buffalo, I would make Baltimore multiple points better than Buffalo. So I would have this closer to four and a half. I really think, and, and look, I'm, you know, I bet Mahomes is a dog just about every time he's played as an underdog. I bet them in the Super Bowl last year. I bet them last week but I really think Baltimore has some real advantages uh, in slowing down this Kansas City offense, and uh, and I do think the biggest edge is really just going to be repeating the run game, doing what Buffalo did to them on the ground last week uh, and using Lamar's legs. I thought that was the biggest difference. It wasn't just scrambling for Lamar last week. It was Lamar as a part of the designed running game, which we hadn't seen a ton of in the regular season. I think they were kind of saving it a little bit, uh, and it really threw... The Texans for a loop, and I think it, it it could cause problems for the Chiefs as well. We just saw, you know, Josh Allen had to have a ton of success in in what was basically designed running plays for him as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of running, a lot of Ravens success. They're going to get ahead, and of course, Mahomes is always going to be live for the back door. But uh, I I do lean toward the Ravens. I also bet over 44 and a half. Weather looks like it's going to be okay. Uh, I Just really don't think, given the quality of these two offenses, I don't care how good the defenses are total should not be below 45 so at 44 and a half i like the over from a side perspective i I lean toward the ravens at three it's a play at three and a half you know maybe just lay the money line or uh or or look to get in live but uh, i i think that uh the ravens are gonna book their spot in the uh, super bowl come sunday
4: Yep, and it could be a case where this game falls on three personally i just can't lay the three and a half to four with the baltimore ravens just because of that experience factor but I certainly do think that the Ravens are the better team in this spot, and it does sound like you're thinking that there's going to be a big game for Lamar in this one, as we do have Anthony Debundo joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and with regards to Lamar Jackson, would you be looking at any rushing slash passing props with him? Because I know his rushing prop in terms of rushing yards is hovering right around 64.5, and if they continue to do the design runs that they did last week, I think that this could very well be in play.
5: Uh, yeah, I do think, uh, you know, if I were to play Lamar Rush, I'd go over, but I'm actually playing the pass under two and eleven and a half is out there in the market. Uh, I played the, the pass under on Allen last week, and, and a lot of it had to do with the pass catching issues and how I thought they'd have rushing success. They they really juiced the rush rate under Brady. And I think you, you've seen the Ravens kind of lean on that blueprint as well. Uh, you know they can hit more explosives because they have better receivers than than this ball than the Buffalo team did. But I still think it's going to be a very run heavy approach. And Kansas City's biggest weakness defensively is against the run. Also, you know Lamar had a good showing against the blitz last week, and that really kind of quelled some demons for him because he's had problems in the past. But this is still a Ravens offense, and, a, and Lamar Jackson, who when you do blitz them, they they tend to uh, have some issues. And I think Spagnolo is going to dial up some good stuff. To confuse Lamar and and throw off this Ravens offense a bit in the passing game. So they're just going to lead on the run. uh, And I do like under pass yards for Lamar.
4: And I think that that's a really good look by you. Trying to take a look at the game script and trying to be able to make some good props out of them. And now let's take a look at what we're getting on the NFC side of things. And that would be the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. This is a seven number across the board. Juice might be varying just a little bit depending upon where you play it. And total on this game, it is 51. Every single time we've seen a book go down to 6.5, it gets right back to 7. Every time a book has went to 7.5, it goes right back to 7. And now it's just been holding steady the last few days. How do you take a look at this matchup between a Lions team that has looked really good the last few weeks, but, you know, Jared Goff has had some weather issues and it's probably not going to be the world's greatest out there in San Francisco against the 49ers team that did look wobbly last week.
5: Yeah, you know, I'm restoring the roar. Greg, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Devastated for your Packers last week, Packers last week, Packers last
4: Yeah, there's no question about it. As we're going to reconnect with Anthony in a second, we were getting a little bit of an echo there, but... I do think that this is a little bit of a tough one to be able to take a look at, but I do think that's sort of, it's a game script sort of feel because with the Detroit Lions, I think that it would be very hard for them to win a little bit of a low scoring slog. I actually think that in this case, even though the Lions are the higher scoring team, they're the team that's a little bit more all gas, no breaks. I actually do think that if they're, if you're getting a under in this spot, I do think that it's going to be a little bit difficult for the Detroit Lions to get a cover. Meanwhile, the over, it is a spot where it looks very good for them. It is a Lions team that has had Jared Goff be able to do some tremendous work indoors. And you do fear the rain. That did affect Jordan Love a little bit as well. But I do take a look at this Detroit Lions team perhaps being able to take the air out of the ball a little bit, trying to be able to get the ground game going. That's going to be big for them. And I think the big key is, does Jared Goff, have a turnover in this game or not, because Jared Goff has actually done a really, really good job of taking care of the ball last two years for the Detroit Lions. Meanwhile, on the San Francisco 49ers side, Brock Purdy, when we saw him last week, he was able to make that big giant drive against the Green Bay Packers. I still do go back to that Christmas day game, and maybe I'm just putting a little bit too much into one game, but I mean, there was a lot of turnovers in that one. I think that was very big that he's now got his first playoff game under his belt as well. Well, his first playoff game of this postseason because I still remember last postseason as well it was looking a little bit strange there and for the 49ers certainly want to take a look at Debo Samuel is he going to be playing is he not going to be playing because the 49ers they've got one of the best weapons in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey so this is a spot where taking a look at this total out of 51 personally I do lean a little bit more towards the under but with the Detroit Lions I personally do think that they might be up against it a little bit here I have yet to bet this one personally but At a seven or less, I'm going to be willing to most likely, if we can get back to a a six-half, I'd be willing to lay it with the 49ers at seven. Right now, my lean is to the 49ers. Again, I do want to see what Debo Samuel is going to be able to provide this week, though, as well. And then if you're taking a look at player props, I do think that you could correlate this a little bit, in my opinion, with Jared Goff, if he throws an interception most likely lay it with the 49ers. If Jared Goff keeps a clean sheet, if he goes no interception, I think that that actually bodes really well for the Detroit Lions. And this is a 49ers defense that while they're so good, they haven't looked as good as what we've seen in past years. So that is one that personally, I'm still taking a look at And We're gonna be doing so all week long right here on the great Bears that experience on Visa, D sports bank network, but you don't need to wait for the college basketball action. We've got 60 games that are gonna be going down on Thursday and we're going to be talking with those about Anthony and so much more on the flip side here on the Great Peterson experience of VSA, the Sports Betting Network.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Put the V experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a decent Pro subscription. Sign up on a VEASAN Pro annual subscription and you get your first year at a discounted rate by being a listener of the Greg Peterson experience. Utilize that promo code GREG. You're able to get in for $199 for an annual subscription. and You get access to everything that we've got on the brand new VEASAN.com. That includes our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has got the hot end. Betting splits to show you where the money and the bets are moving on every single game. Betting systems, premium analysis, 24-7 video access, plus our upcoming Super Bowl betting guide with best bets and favorite player props remember utilize that promo code greg you get a discount by being a greg peterson experience listener over at vsin.com slash subscribe we're back here on the greg peterson experience on visa the sports Bank network great to be rejoined by anthony DeBundo. he's doing great work over at action network and anthony you were echoing the fact that you were feeling so bad about my green bay packers that it left you in a tizzy so let's get back to what we were talking about a little bit before the 49ers and the detroit lions Where do you view this game, and what side are you going to be looking at? Because, personally, I am currently undecided.
5: Well, I'm going to try to sell you on uh, restoring the roar this weekend. Uh, Green Bay didn't quite get home for uh, money linebackers, but a pretty easy cover and a deserved cover. And I think Detroit can kind of replicate similar things. And the reason I was a little bit down on San Francisco Francisco was their defense. Not necessarily their offense, which everybody knows how good it is. And uh, you were talking about Purdy just before. Uh, in the last segment. And look, Purdy's played two full playoff games now in his career, and neither were any good, right? Dallas last year, he was very shaky. Last week, I know it was the rain that could have been impacting them, but he did not play near his best. But the defense for San Francisco since week nine is 28th in rush defense EPA. They're bottom 10 in success rate allowed. Uh, You can absolutely move the ball on this defense and you can drain clock and, and slow the game and shorten it. And I think that's the Detroit path here. Campbell's going to be aggressive on fourth downs. I trust him more than I trust Shanahan. Shanahan's notorious for in-game decision making that skews toward conservative and, and keeps you know the other team in the game as a as a favorite. Doesn't trust his offense enough. And Detroit's offense top five in in rush success rate. Uh, they've been a top eight unit by pass. They've been you know inconsistent outdoors, but the weather looks really good here. I mean mid sixties and sunny in Santa Clara on Sunday, so I'm not worried about the weather with golf. Uh, and and if you look at the defenses as well, who's got a higher pressure rate? It's Detroit. Uh, who's better against the run? It's Detroit. So obviously the huge advantage, San Francisco first in, in explosive pass offense. Detroit's dead last. The secondary is a major talent advantage for San Francisco against this Detroit team, which hasn't really stopped anybody for months. But can Detroit get enough possessions, similar to what Green Bay did, lengthen their possessions, shorten the game, keep this tight, I do think the Lions have a very good chance to do that. I like them plus seven. Uh, I will be restoring the roar uh, come Sunday. And uh, haven't been any props for this one yet. There's still a lot of uncertainty with Debo. Certainly Debo being out would be huge for for Detroit defensively. But uh, like I said, I think there's real, like not a huge difference between these two defenses overall. Uh, and so thus I'm, I'm going with, uh, with Dan Campbell and the boys on the road.
4: And it's always nice to see you going out to the Midwest as well. You go to my stopping grounds for the Packers, the Detroit Lions. So absolutely love to see it as we do have Anthony Debundo of Action Network joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And now let's take a look at some college basketball, Anthony. And I know that this game has caught your eye and Personally, I see some value here. I was hoping for a little bit of a better number, though. It's the Oregon versus Arizona State game. Arizona safe between an eight to an eight and a half point underdog. Total on game is 145 and a half. Like I thought I set a pretty aggressive line by setting Oregon as a nine-point favorite. So here at especially the 8 that I'm seeing at circa, I'm gonna be willing to lay it. But I was a little bit surprised by how big the number is. But I think the bookmakers are catching on to what I'm taking a look at, and that's the fact that Arizona State. While they've looked good recently in Pac-12 play, I just don't know who they've beaten. That's really impressive.
5: Yeah, I mean, certainly you win against USC, given what we know about them, is not really moving the needle. Uh, Look, Oregon had a really tough road trip. And we talked about this last week where uh, I think it was on Thursday night and I said, hey, look, like that road trip to Colorado and Utah is really tough with Oregon. uh, And I want to buy Oregon, but I'm kind of waiting a little bit because I think they might get beat this weekend uh and sure enough they got beat twice and they weren't really competitive in either game um you know they they were competitive at utah late uh so they stayed in that one but not competitive in colorado whatsoever tough back to back now they get to come home and i think arizona state is a little bit inflated off of a win that i don't really respect and if you look at arizona state's profile this season like yes they've had some good wins in the conference play to start all of them at home home in utah home colorado uh home usc When they've traveled this year, it's been pretty unimpressive. If you look at their sample, you know, even in non-conference, uncompetitive at TCU, lost to San Diego, completely blown out by BYU and Mississippi State. Like, when they've gone up against, you know, true, like, top 50 opponents away from home, they have not been competitive whatsoever. And I think this Oregon defense is still trending up uh, overall. And I think Altman's starting to figure some things out here. So I did lay it with Oregon. Oregon. Uh, eight and a half is the buy point where I would no longer you're starting to see this spot tax this year and the, and the, the markets are sharpening and and realizing, Oh, you know, Oregon gets blown out. It's a bounce back for them. Arizona state off of a big home win. Now you play against them uh, and the market's starting to give you an extra point or two. You have to lay, but at eight and a half, I think it's still okay.
4: Yep. I'm right there with you. It is a spot where I just don't want to be laying much more than eight and a half, but I'm right there with you. And like I said, where I sit right now, we are seeing an eight. So, that has me a little bit enthused as well, and I'm enthused about this game as well. It's San Francisco versus Gonzaga, and this is a number that has moved off the opener a little bit. Open up at 10. Now you're finding nines across the board with Gonzaga laying it. Total on this game is 151, and personally, not only do I like San Francisco, I also like the under because... Hiding in plain sight is one of the best offensive teams in all of college basketball. If there's one trepidation with San Francisco, it's that they really haven't beaten anyone other than Minnesota thus far this season. But this is just a completely different Gonzaga team. And for San Francisco, they do all the little things well that I think are going to keep them in this game.
5: Yeah, really huge fan of, of of Gerlofsson and the staff.
4: Philly guy, of course, so I have to rep him. But
5: yeah. uh, I think the biggest thing, like if you go back to the matchups of the past, Uh, San Francisco has generally struggled against Gonzaga because they had the great guards, right? It was Bouye and Shabazz and, and they had the shooters, but it was so often just like layup lines for Gonzaga, transition, layup, layup, layup. They had no rim protection and that's not the case anymore. You were just talking about it. Like this San Francisco team can actually guard the rim and that difference has made them leaps better in this kind of matchup against Gonzaga where the look. I mean, the Bulldogs don't have the shooting this year. They're not making a lot of threes. They're not taking a lot of threes, and as a result, everything has to go to the rim. And they're still—I mean, obviously it's Gonzaga, right? Like they're a very good rim offense, you know, nationally. But they don't have the shooting to space the floor, and they're not going to get uh, as many easy looks as they normally do in this matchup. So I agree. I think it's—I think it's Dons or nothing. Uh, I won in ten as well, uh, but I think that there's a real, you know, interesting look at, uh, you know, just how this matchup evolves as Gerlofsson has taken over the program and as you know the legendary guards that the San Francisco team had have kind of aged out of the program and now they're kind of shifting it into a different mold uh, with their current talent. Like they're not going to be totally overwhelmed in the front court, uh, especially now that, you know, I mean, this is just a Gonzaga team that doesn't have, you know, the NBA talent, whether it was Holmgren or Suggs or even Timmy, who, you know, is not an NBA guy, but a legendary college talent. They just don't really have that this year. It's just kind of like your traditional, they'll probably make the second round of the tournament Gonzaga team, but not really threatening. So uh, they've generally been overvalued. One of the best teams to play against this year. Uh, I think that's the case again here. Uh, you know, it is three straightaway games. They're coming home now, but uh, Gonzaga just generally overvalued the market.
4: Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that Gonzaga is overvalued, and this is a town's team that if they can get this win, I hope that they can build a resume good enough to be able to make the NCAA tournament. I actually really like this team, so let's hope that... Uh,
5: they need more than one win, though. That's the problem, oh, they right? Are like, they're going to... there with... Like their best win is, you said it, Minnesota? Yeah. Like that's not going to do it.
4: Yep, but St. Mary's is rising up in the conference. Santa Clara, by the way, has knocked off three Pac-12 teams in Gonzaga. They were then probably completely trounced by St. Mary's. But you know what? One can dream. One can dream. And, well, when it comes to Oregon State, they're dreaming about a win against Arizona that I don't think they're going to get. That said, the line is between 18 and a half and 19. It is difficult to travel to Corvallis. If they, if you do have a team, it's actually a very, very good spot. This is an Oregon state team. I think is outgunned. I'm not sure if you're willing to take 18 and a half slash 19, but this was an opener of 17 that I was willing to lay. Now I start, I tend to think that we're starting to get to a point of no return.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to, to drop the, the matchup, right? Like you can't turn it over and you can't rebound. Again, like if you can't rebound, you have no chance against Arizona, right? They're going to dominate the glass in this game, dominate against everybody, but Oregon State has no size. And then Oregon State has turnover issues. And the one thing with Arizona for me is still that the guards can be erratic and they can turn the ball over and you can kind of stay in the game that way. But this Oregon State team is going to give way too many transition runouts to Arizona. So, uh, you know, the Wildcats, like you said, tricky, tricky spot because they'll be definitely focused more on on the, the weekend game against Oregon, which is a real challenge and a real matchup. This one, like, they kind of picked their score. You know, how much are they up for it to run up the score late? It's really hard to handicap these, you know, 15-plus point spreads in conference games uh, on the road. So, yeah, nothing for me here, but should be a interesting one this weekend when there's no visit to Oregon.
4: Oh, it should be. And, Anthony, you do a tremendous job on both the NFL and college basketball front and always appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We were talking about big spreads with Anthony. How about if we take a look at a spread north of 25 next, right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, Esports Bank Network.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on v the sports betting network.
4: DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs and is bringing you an offer that will make the playoffs all the more intense and electrifying. New customers can place a bet of $5 on any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize promo code VSIN when you do. That is over at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code of VSIN because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the sports betting network, was great to be able to talk a little nfl and college basketball with anthony DeBundo, and certainly we're gassed up ready to go for the nfc and afc title games the one bad thing about it is that you're not going to be playing those games on thursday what we do have on thursday is a whole bunch of college basketball we left off with anthony talking about a rather large spread in college basketball how about if we take a look at the biggest spread on the board as i think it's gone perhaps a little bit too far and this has come off of the over just a touch this is 837, 838 on the board. Pacific hits the road faceoff against St. Mary's. St. Mary's opens up as a 28-point favorite. They are now laying 27. Your total on this game is between 134, and I'm seeing as high as a 136.5 out there as well. And just with regards to the way that St. Mary's plays, it makes it really difficult to advocate for laying the points. And this is a Pacific team that is sorry. Like, I wish I could put it any other way, but my goodness, I have no idea what this program is doing right now. They have tried the transfer portal. They have struck out every single time with regards to the transfer portal with all their guys as someone like a Judson Martindale is your top scorer, giving you about 10 and a half points per game. They don't shoot. They don't rebound. They don't take care of the ball. Like, I'm trying to find something that Pacific does well, and there's just absolutely nothing. That said, this is a St. Mary's team that is one of the slowest in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game, which just when you've got fewer opportunities because the team is 341st in all of college basketball out of 362 D1 teams in terms of total possessions per game, that does make it a little bit more difficult to cover this big of a number. And it's the St. Mary's team that hasn't been the most efficient themselves on offense this year. Now it's coming back to them. Like they were really going through it in the month of November when they were taking those just strange and funky losses you're just here like, what the heck happened here? Because they returned a lot of their guys from last year that made the NCAA tournament. They did lose a few ancillary pieces, but you bring back Aiden Mahaney, you bring back your eight rebound per game guy, Mitchell Saxon. I mean, you've even got Joshua Jefferson, who's been able to step up, being able to give you about seven rebounds per game, but they were just really dealing with some shooting funks and some shooting woes to say the least but now they've been able to get back online but even with that they are still a team that does rank 117th in all of college basketball turns points scored on a per possession basis now they are generating about 14 more points per 100 possessions at home rather than in a road slash neutral court environment so certainly this is a team that's much more comfortable when they're in moraga but that said I do take a look at this spot and I do think that the number has gotten a little bit overinflated this is a St. Mary's team that they play good defense there's no question about it. This team does not let you have much of anything in terms of inside the arcade. This is always year in and year out. A team that cuts you off after one opportunity. You're going to get your one shot and you are not going to get a offensive rebound for a second chance, a third chance, anything like that. There's no tomfoolery when it comes to St. Mary's, but with this, this Pacific team, I do think that they do just enough to be able to cover this game. They've been able to get a little bit more out of Nick Blake, the transfer that comes in from UNLV he's been able to give you about 11 points per contest when he's been out there on the floor and I mean, Mo Odom has been able to do a solid job of being able to give out north of four assists a few in the two and a half turnovers over game. so I do think that this summer has gone just a little bit too far personally I made my handicap 25 so I'm not advocating for any sort of a money line sprinkle here or anything like that on Pacific you might as well just be donating to a charity of your choice at that point but here at 27 I think we've gone a little bit too far in. Much of it is because i do think that this is going to be a low scoring slog i set my total at 133 so looking at the under and i'm going to be willing to take north of 25 points here with pacific made them a 25 point underdog personally let's take a look at a game that's going to be just a tad bit more competitive and how about if we do stay out there in the wcc as i still think that you've got a little bit of value on this game though the number is moving 825 826 on the betting board the waves of pepperdine at the road to face off against santa clara Santa Clara finds themselves as a favorite of nine points. This was an opener of eight and a half total on this game. is anywhere between 150 and 151. And with Santa Clara, I'm going to be willing to lay the number. I feel like they should be more like a 10-point favorite. This is a Pepperdine team that, man, this team is getting absolutely gashed with regards to their defense. They are... outside the top 340 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. And Pepperdine's actually playing really slow as well. I was talking about St. Mary's and the way that they are really not pushing the tempo whatsoever. This is a Pepperdine team as 336th in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game. I'm not sure why Pepperdine has slowed it down so long. You do have a guy, Michael Ajay, who I really like. 18 points, 7 boards, and he is still shooting about 48% from three-part. It's been remarkable to watch him. As far this season, but the Santa Clara team is pretty stinking good. For Santa Clara, they've knocked off three different Pac-12 teams, and they've knocked off Gonzaga. Now they probably went out there after knocking off Gonzaga and got completely lambasted against Saint Mary's, but. They've got a lot of size. Christoph Tilley is a seven-footer that's able to give you about four and a half rebounds per game. Johnny O'Neal, he comes in after last year he was an American Eagle. Knowing he was not selling blue jeans, he was playing out there in the Patriot League. He's been able to do a solid job popping some threes. He's able to give you about nine points per contest. But what the Santa Clara team does well is that they're able to hit the boards. They're able to be relatively consistent with that regard. And this is a Pepperdine team that they've actually got Javon Porter in the fold that's actually the brother of michael porter ever since he's been back the team has been relatively solid with their offense he's able to give you about 13 points five boards much like his brother he's able to pop some threes that said i do take a look at this spot and i do think the pepperdine is just going to be a little bit outgun it is a santa Clara team that it's not like they're playing at warp speed or anything like that but under herb sendek they he's playing at a relatively brisk pace in terms of total possessions per game right there league average about 172nd in all of college basketball but the just sheer inefficiency of this Pepperdine team. coupled with a Pepperdine team that they actually do shoot north of 36.5% from three-point. Santa Clara has been a little bit hit or miss in the way that they've been able to guard the three-point arc. This is a spot where I'm going to be willing to take a look at Santa Clara laying the 10. This was an opener more around 149 with regards to the total line. At that more around 149 total, I'd be looking at it over. Now that we're seeing some 151s, some 150s, I would need this to dip down a little bit more, as they did. Somebody told 150. So at the 151 that I'm seeing at DraftKings, we'll be looking at the under and going to be willing to lay the number with the Santa Clara Broncos right here on the Greg peterson Experience of Visa B Sports Bank Network. Well, I do take a look at that number. I like it under. How about if we take a look at a game that we should be seeing a whole bunch of scoring? This is 817, 818 on the bang board. The Pioneers of Denver are going to be looking to pioneer some offense. They play us at South Dakota. South Dakota finds themselves as an underdog of between 10 to 10 and a half points. O- opener was 10, or 10 and a half, I should say. Now we're seeing this get bet down to a lot of 10s total on this game, anywhere between 161 and 162 and a half. This Denver team has been really incredible with their offense. Tommy Bruner actually leads all of college basketball in terms of points per game. He is supplying north of 25 and a half points per contest, and he's got a pair of guys that come in from the Pac-12 that have helped him out. Jackson Brenchley. He was over at Utah last season. He's able to give you a little bit north of 10 points. He's supplying about five rebounds per game. And Tukitanemo, he's been really their main rebounder. He's been able to supply the team with north of seven boards per contest. That said, this is Denver team has really given it up from three-point range. They're allowing opponents to shoot north of 35% from three-point range. It's a bit better when they are at home, and Denver is a tough place to travel to, but this is a spot where if you're able to get north of 10, like I said, the opener was 10.5. I'd be looking at the points here with South Dakota. South Dakota is a team that actually lights it up from three-point range, and now they're getting back their top scorer in Caleb Stewart. He was missing for a few games. For this team, he's been able to shoot about 40 from three point range, and I do think that this is going to be a South Dakota team that's going to be able to hang in there on the glass. Well, Denamo is the best rebounder on the side of Denver. You've got Liat, hopefully, I say the same correctly. Fione, he's been able to give you a double double. He comes in after he began his career at Utah, giving you about 13 points, 10 rebounds per contest. Not a guy that's going to give you any sort of stretchability or anything like that, but. Helps the South Dakota team remain relatively lively on the glass. It's a Denver team that is outside the top 150 with regards to rebound rate. Meanwhile, it's a South Dakota team that they actually have a rebound rate that is in the top 50 nationally in road-slash-shoot record environment. Now, they're a team that is below average with regards to a three-point shooting defense, and we've seen South Dakota already give up north of 100 points to UC Irvine. Zot-zot for the Anteaters. So, this is a team that they are capable of giving up some big results, but you just take a look at this Denver team. They're playing at warp speed. It's not quite what Northern Colorado is on. as if you're just taking a look at teams in the state of Colorado, my goodness gracious. Defense has just gone to die aside from the Denver Nuggets, but I mean, man, this has been a Denver team that they have been able to just generate points upon points. As a matter of fact, the last time this Denver team scored fewer than 78 points, you have to go all the way back to when they played against BYU on December 13th, so... That is nine straight games where they have gotten to at least 78 points. I think that you're going to get a lot of fun time. I think that you're going to be getting a whole bunch of made threes in this game by a pair of teams that they don't guard the three-point arc very well. So looking at the over, if we could get north of 10, saw an opener of 10.5, going to be looking to take the points with South Dakota State. And the college basketball chatter continues in our number two, as I'm going to be getting you guys by DK Network right at pick and heading out to the West Coast for that one next. Right here on the Great Peterson Experience, I'm Visa, the Sports Bank Network.
0: There's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell, to saving $0.10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 fill over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status. Terms and conditions apply.
1: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All stars for is